Justify prove to be right or reasonable Justification is at the heart of all legal and political argument but at a time when argument itself is slave to appearances it is time to bring back a culture of justification Justify a podcast on law and politics in India from the Vidhi Center for Legal Policy hosted by Orgos and Gupta Pegasus is a spyware developed by the Israeli technology firm NSO and you may have all heard about Pegasus and what it can do which is that it can secretly be deployed on smartphones and other devices to read your messages track your phone calls collect your data according to the NSO this software is designed to help government authorities track down terrorist and criminal activity and can only be purchased by national governments In 2021 it was reported that the software targeted more than 300 mobile numbers in India journalists business persons opposition politicians government politicians the government of india did not categorically deny any of these allegations this matter was taken to the supreme court which in october of last year set up a committee to conduct a thorough inquiry into these allegations the controversy however didn't die down but uh, when the new york times in 2022 published a report titled the battle for the world's most powerful cyber weapon it claimed that the indian government had indeed bought the software from israel as a part of a 2 billion dollar deal in 2017 the government of course has not confirmed this in today's episode of justify we do a deep dive into pegasus what is pegasus exactly and what are its implications of from for common citizens like you and me Uh, I'm privileged today to be joined by Shubhashish Banerjee, a professor of computer science and engineering at the Indian Institute of Technology in Delhi, and one of my favorite techies because he's someone who makes technology easy to understand. Welcome, Shubhashish. Welcome to Justify. Thanks, thanks, Arulu. Thanks for inviting so let's, me. So let's uh, dive right in. I think one question that I'm very curious to understand a little bit more about is how does Pegasus work? while several primers are available i think it would be useful for our listeners and me to understand how a software can bypass the security protocols on most of our phones including our iphones which have built their reputation on the basis of secrecy and privacy yeah uh, so um so i have not um, i have not actually worked or looked at pegasus or investigated a device in, uh, infected with pegasus so what i'll say is um, is what i've read primarily from the amnesty report um, um, so traditionally you know um, you had to make a mistake for your device to be hacked so there would be this phishing attacks uh, you had to click something or you had to accept something or you had to do a security bypass of a certificate for a malware malware to infect your phone not so pegasus you know the latest version of the pegasus from the amnesty report are what are called zero click attacks so even if you don't make a mistake uh, even if you are a young computer science professor from iit delhi you will not be able to defend yourself against it you know an old man like you <laughs> yeah old man like me has, has has zero chance so um so every device that uh, that is made by even uh, you know google google and the apples of the world they cannot prove that there will be no vulnerabilities i mean it's a best effort basis they can um, they try to put maximum security into their devices but it is a computationally intractable problem for them to guarantee 
that there are no vulnerabilities. And vulnerabilities do remain. It is hard for people to find. But if a determined set of hackers from all over the world, right, young people, students, expert hackers, computer professionals who in their off time want to earn some money, all kinds of people start finding vulnerabilities in iPhone and Android, then chances are that they'll find something other other. And then they try to sum up, not all of them. Some of them will report it to Apple and Android and try to get some glory out of it. Uh, but some will try to sell it on dark web. Right? And when they try to sell it on dark web, aggregator companies such as, you know, perhaps NSO, I'm not sure, they will procure this and they'll build a library of vulnerabilities on all, all such devices. And uh, then they will use these vulnerabilities to orchestrate attack on your device. And for example, the early Pegasus attack in 2019 that, that Facebook uh, complained about was apparently through some vulnerability in the WhatsApp and iMessage uh, software. And, um, and in the Amnesty report, there are these, um, you know, these attacks come through um, network injection attacks through rogue cell phone towers or rogue Wi-Fi devices. So you're attacking Wi-Fi device, take it over, and since you're connecting your phone through the Wi-Fi device or to a cell phone tower, you do a network injection attack through that um, and exploit a vulnerability out there. So it will be impossible for anybody to protect uh, against such attacks. You know? well, I think I I think at a at a at a conceptual level I understand that because the moment you're dealing with any kind of technology, no one can really guarantee that this technology will work. As in, there could always be a vulnerability, even if you're taking a I don't know a plane from Delhi to Bombay. No one can guarantee that nothing will happen to it. Uh, it's kind of always a best efforts basis. Uh, but there were two points that you made there, which were interesting. One is that this is, of course, a zero-click exploit uh, software. Now, how common is this? Or is Pegasus kind of unique because it is a zero-click exploit software? See, zero-click exploit was theoretically always possible. right? And... Um... I think that as an uh, academic exercise, you could put in zero-click attack. I haven't heard of zero-click attacks by spyware that goes out into commodity devices like iPhones and so on and so forth before. Most attacks were uh, most attacks were phishing attacks, you know, uh, where you had to make a mistake. So if you are very very careful and fastidious, if you don't load rubbish apps on your phone, you could consider yourself safe. Right, uh, not any, not with attacks such as Pegasus, because um, zero click means that you, you don't have to commit a mistake. You bought a phone, and the phone has some vulnerability. Somebody has found it out, and somebody knows how to inject an attack onto you. Because I think that's what makes it really scary, right? Yeah, because you can't yeah. do anything about it. You can't do it. Yeah. Yes. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yes, so what I'm, what I'm hearing from you is that this is uh, this hasn't happened at this scale. So in that uh, sense, at, at least uh, not in public knowledge. Not in public knowledge, yes, absolutely. And I think perhaps it, uh, it, it may not have happened at this scale as well if, if uh, somebody had given the orders in a smarter way, at least in India, uh, in yeah. terms of whose phones uh, who should be tapped. I think there were a lot of uh, public personalities as in who, were, uh, who were tapped and a very curious assortment uh, of people. 
Uh, yeah, I know. I know one or two of them quite well. I have high regards, and I cannot believe that they can be involved in criminal activity. You know, so I was quite yeah. surprised to no, see. No, well, no, well, our own uh, IT minister was part of that list. Part of that, so, yeah. So it's a it's a very curious assortment of people, people. Uh, both in the government. Of course, there's Rahul Gandhi as the principal opposition. There are journalists. So there's a curious assortment of people as in who are part of that list. Academicians. You know, <laughs> academicians as a yeah. It almost seemed like you know some kid was having fun and said, "Oh, let's target this person. Let's target that person." So I, I think that's what also makes it very scary. But we'll come to the checks and balances uh, on yeah. something like this in a moment. But the second point that you made was that uh, you know once individuals sit and try to exploit vulnerabilities, uh, they can sell it on the dark web uh, to NSO or other companies or whoever else might be there. So can you tell us a little bit about how this transaction works? Because as a layperson, as I've only heard about the dark web, and I do know of its existence, but I think it would be interesting to understand and break down a little bit what no, this same here. Look at my white mustache. You know, I I I cannot claim to be knowledgeable about the dark web. This is what one reads. So apparently, you can uh, you know there are auctions on. So if you find an exploit, um, you can auction it. To, you can announce that in the dark web. And where do you do this auction? Um, there are these sites where you can go, and um, um, there are people who will bid, and uh, you can sell it to various people. This is this is all here. And my know, understanding I, of the dark web is just a part of the internet that is not searchable by regular people like us. Yes. Would that be correct? So, <laughs> so I teach in an institute full of juvenile delinquents. So this is. This is something that one hears in the corridors. One doesn't have first-hand experience of this. Yes, but um, apparently exploits can be sold in, in, in some places. Most exploits are actually junk. They won't lead to anything you know, uh, substantive. But if there is a company like NSO, for example, for it to build its own set of hackers to be able to hack into all kinds of devices, um, looks impossible, even in Israel. So um, it'll have to rely on a very large set of freelance hackers all over the world and uh, and procure exploits from them and have a set of engineers who once an exploit is given to them can re-engineer it in a very sophisticated and a professional way. And I guess that that's the way a company like NSO will function. That's right. So I think that's actually a good segue into... Uh, a question in relation to sovereignty that has mm. always uh, bothered me, which is that uh, we know that a vast amount of power in this digital age is resides with private corporations. And whether it be the private corporations of Silicon Valley or you know private spyware corporations like NSO, which potentially has access to large amounts of extremely confidential data. Now, is Pegasus and the fact that governments have decided that they need to purchase Pegasus for whatever reasons, good or bad, uh, an example that states are unable to cope with this power that private corporations have in, in, in accessing data and are instead deciding to capitalize on it. So it seems that the future of this private sector and state compact is developing in a way that the state is happy with private sector corporations getting vast amounts of data and then entering into contracts 
not just law as in the way in which you would do under the patriot act and try to get their information but just entering into private contracts uh with private sector parties to get this uh, get this uh, data so how do you see this sovereign state vis-a-vis large influential private sector cooperation compact playing out particularly in relation to spyware but more generally as well you know i would think that um, if indeed an so story is true and pegasus like thing exists and governments buy it i would call it illegal you know i think that there is a kind of private player like apple and google and they're selling you a machine in good faith right and um, and they're sort of telling you that uh, they're not tapping your phone or even if they are they have this privacy clauses and they're saying that even if they use your usage data on an iphone they will use for research for for uh, improvement of the services and so on and so forth so so you have an idea that what they're doing with your data you're buying it on trust a little bit that yes but um, i think that a company like iphone or you know apple will will not use your data in an illegal way i think there will be internal checks and balances uh, you know just that they can stay in business um, you know they will uh, perhaps be more careful and so on the other hand from the as the stories go is a spyware company and i think that tapping somebody's phone without a warrant without an authorization without uh, i mean with impunity will be illegal in most democracies i think that also the so i don't think that the state private compact um, can extend to to illegal phone tapping or 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 or, or such blatant violation of privacy without a warrant without uh, you know without legal provisions and so on so forth so i would think that this is an extremely dangerous uh, protocol and i think i'll be surprised that if governments do this i think that the us government say that they or the fbi read a statement that they have not used it you know they have experimented with it but they have not used it as an incitation i think that there will be there should be internal checks and balances within governments that should prevent usage of such such um, obtrusive tools on individual citizens yeah you're absolutely right but that is of course contingent on our laws developing in such a way that these continue to remain illegal and what worries me is the fact that if assuming and we can't say it for sure uh, if assuming that uh, the government of india or other governments have purchased uh, pegasus uh, then it seems to me that we are down a slippery slope that democracies do realize that you, this may be potentially illegal because it cannot be legal to surveil the whole population or a random assortment of people okay yeah so i i would think that it's this has to be illegal you know so this has to be even with the interpretation even without a data protection law even with the you know normal understanding of law uh, and uh, a contract with the government that a citizen have in terms of the basic understanding this would be illegal and this would be a transgression of of uh... no that's right and i think that's an interesting point because in a completely different context i was reading a um the book integral humanism which is written by deen dayal upadhyay one of the leading thinkers uh, that that the bjp government looks up to and he has a very interesting line there where he says that you know there is something about the law and that is dharma which is the right thing and i think what you are also pointing to is the fact that it's fundamentally wrong it's fundamentally uh, wrong you don't need a data protection law to say that you can buy a tool and you can surveil your whole population 
it really needs to be called out that whether the government of india has done it or any other government has done it but uh, but to use a, a spyware of this nature in a non targeted fashion or targeted at a certain set of random people without any criminal antecedents or history or any basis is wrong and i think we can uh really on that speed a spade there yeah. i think that's actually a good uh, uh time to move to the pegasus judgment mm. because obviously there was a lack of clarity and whenever there is a lack of clarity on a governance issue in this country we end up in the supreme court uh, and uh, looking at the supreme court judgment just for our listeners the supreme court held that a committee would be set up to go into the question of what exactly happened with the government ordering pegasus it of course said all the kinds of things that we are saying now that this is this this seems prima facie illegal to be able to surveil the population without checks and balances but and in terms of the remedy it said our committee whose phones if any had the software targeted what its implications were uh, and that happened in uh, october of 2021 and the matter was supposed to be listed in 8 weeks along with the report of the committee the matter has been adjourned we haven't seen this report yet so one hopes that this report will come out but i had a view and of course i am not a technologist so i can't perhaps claim that this is correct but as a lawyer i had a view that i didn't understand what the committee would do because it was a very simple question that had to be asked to the government did you or did you not purchase pegasus and i think that is a yes or no answer and that doesn't require a committee uh, maybe you shubhashish can throw a little bit of light about what are the nuances that a committee could go into which the court could not yeah i i agree with i found that the you know the whole exercise a little superfluous and um, primarily for for the following reasons right so um now what you have about pegasus and nso is what amnesty says so amnesty international has done some investigation and they have put out a signature of a malware which they are calling is pegasus Right? and uh, they are saying that nso is responsible for it and um, there is no direct way that anybody has to you know know the signature of pegasus uh, independent of amnesty and uh, know for sure that pegasus is related to nso now if these expert committee actually finds the signature right they will only find at best what amnesty is calling pegasus right now whether um, that is enough to um, implicate the government i don't think so you know legally uh, perhaps not so i don't think that there is a there's a bound or the committee can say that this is the standard of investigation that will prove beyond all reasonable doubt that the government is complicit so i think that that standard cannot be set so even if you find one of the victims phone and you find a malware right amnesty themselves are saying that pegasus changes the signature rapidly in fact it's a it's a malware that is supposed to destroy itself on on detection attempt so if there's a detection attempt it, it sort of uh, erases its existence in the in the phone completely apparently there was a bug because of which amnesty found that there was some traces left so if pegasus was 
correctly designed and it was it supposed it acted the way it is supposed to act moment amnesty investigated it would have erased itself right so you know god knows there may be a new signature that has come up in somebody's phone and even if you find that the signature that amnesty has made public what does it prove it shows that something that amnesty is saying is pegasus is found on somebody's phone so how is the government so i think that the task for the committee is a little undefined and i am not clear what the supreme court expects out of this exercise and uh, the other thing is so, so there are only two people that they could have interrogated right one is amnesty look you made all these allegations um, show us what proofs you have i don't know whether they have done it or whether they are uh, or they can uh, serve a notice on amnesty like that the other party is and so look you are being accused come and show us and you know evidence of the third party that they could have summoned is government of india right that look you have not denied um have you purchased and have you put it on this right so as you say that these are some direct questions so investigating somebody's phone i am i am not sure that is going to lead to anything it's all circumstantial evidence and uh, i think that it does not really implicate the government in any absolutely absolutely because as you rightly said as if you were to break it down as just because the signature has been found somewhere mm. does not necessarily mean that the government has put it Absolutely, and and uh, and and that could be the circum circumstantial at best. Uh, but even if we were to take the assumption that the government did it and the government purchased it, it does not automatically mean that the purchase of Pegasus is illegal, because someone could say, and this is a hypothetical scenario, that I have five. people who i am tracking because they are wanted in a b c terror cases in this country okay and i know i have some evidence that these people are involved but i i need clearer evidence now pegasus is a spyware that allows me access to their phones without them realizing so i am going to purchase pegasus and i am going to use it against these five people to infect their phones now do you think that there is any illegality if pegasus is purchased for this narrow purpose you know i would prefer i think that the narrow purpose um protecting our citizens terrorists is a government's job right so there is a there is a need for law enforcement and surveillance uh, that is legitimate um, there can be a case against it and as you said that if that is the case then it has to be extremely narrowly tailored i would think you know according to me that should be very well defined that when can you do it under what condition who authorizes what is the authorization chain where do you record the authorization chain what is the purpose specification how does the purpose specification happen for the surveillance and how do you guarantee purpose limitation right so i would think that these purpose limitation both technologically and legally so i would think this is the bare minimum so that such surveillance should specify and make it absolutely so let's break this down let's break each of these down so first what i'm hearing is that the purchase itself need not be illegal because if there is a software there i mean which can serve a purpose that can support national security national security is a legitimate state interest 
you can purchase this, but you have to narrowly tailor it. Now let's come down to what you said this narrowly tailor would mean. Okay. First, you said that there must be a specification of purpose. In your view, as a technologist, as a, what would count as sufficient purpose specificity? And no, why I, would you? No, I would say that the purpose specification is not so much of a technology problem. It's a social problem that under what condition a law enforcement NIA or whatever, right, can think that a person uh, should be surveilled. Right? So that's a police problem. And uh, once you make a case that you want to you know, put a surveillance um, on Orgo, for example, the question comes up that who can authorize it? Is it a police officer? Is it a judicial um, officer? Is it a magistrate? Or? So there are some procedural safeguards that you need. Absolutely. You know, to and authorize so, that surveillance, whatever standard you're using. Mm. Yes. Yeah, so there has to be a clearly, clearly, you know, that authorization chain has to be clearly recorded. You may not make it public, but it has to be clearly re recorded. The purpose has to be recorded. Somebody has to say that this is the reason for which we are putting a surveillance on, say, Orgo, right, or, or, or whatever. And then there has to be a regulatory uh, oversight to say that there's a purpose uh, limitation, you know, that uh, the software has not been used for, um, for, for any unauthorized purposes. So I would say that that such checks and balances should be should be put into place. So surveillance may be a need, maybe a national security need, but it cannot be outside the ambit of law. Right? So it cannot be a free for all. So that's all I want so to say. So then you're saying one that we need clear standards as to when surveillance can be authorized. We need clear procedures with checks and balances, which need not be made public, but clear procedures that exist that this is the authorization chain right, uh, to authorize that surveillance. Now, once suppose that surveillance is authorized and suppose there are good bases to put some surveillance on me, the next question that arises is how long, right? Because someone could potentially say that, you know, once, once a threat to national security, always a threat to national security. Uh, so uh, do you have any thoughts in terms of whether it's even to think about how long or does it mean that you have to contend with you know, I would whatever. say that this is something that you discuss in parliament pass a law, convince the public even if you have to do for it forever, right? I think that everybody should know. You cannot do something clandestine behind my back. You know? I think that, 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 is a, that is a chilling effect on democracy. No, by that you mean the citizens back because obviously I should not know because if I know no, I'm being surveilled, yeah, then I won't no, use my the citizens back, right? So, you know, for example, if you think um, so, for a democracy to function, we need our civil societies to function, we need our dissenters to function, we need our opposition parties to function, we need our student protest groups to function, and these are all integral parts of democracy. So, if you think and if you have the fear that somebody will put a surveillance device on me or send me away to jail or whatever, there may be a self-censoring that can happen, and which is, uh, which is bad for democracy. I think that, you know, to be able to express your voice is a, is a fundamental property of democracy, the fundamental character of democracy. So I would think that this kind of an illegal servant, that whether a police officer or a government decides that they can serve will anybody with impunity, it cannot be supported. It's, it's, uh, so you need a law, you need um, clear procedures. And I would say that 
you also need some kind of a regulatory oversight to to ensure that um, to ensure that the purpose limitation is indeed in place uh, there is no purpose violation or purpose extension without authorization reauthorization and so on and so forth and this is um, this may even be an internal regulator of the, of the government but you know you need some kind of a structure and the structure needs to be made public Right. So, Absolutely, and I think what 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 also is, is clear is that one, I think there should of course be a oversight mechanism, which is a review mechanism that keeps reviewing these authorizations on a regular basis and has some grounds for continuing surveillance. Yes, it should not yes. be that someone can sign a card blanche forever and yeah. it's not until it's revoked. So it should be the other way that it has to continue to get reauthorized. And and I think that uh, there there should of course be regular reporting to a parliamentary committee. You know, and even if uh, it's not authorized by a judge, because uh, very frankly, my personal view is that, like the FISA court in the U.S., as in a judge will authorize most of these national security kinds of cases, because judges rarely, if ever, uh, say no to serious national security issues, and it's always painted as a very serious national security issue, which it may be. Uh, so my sense is that you know we need a review mechanism, and this whole. This whole so you are saying that the review mechanism has to be political. I agree. You know, yeah, and yeah. it has to be political because at yeah. the end of the day, as in as you were saying, as in it has to be justified in parliament, right? To, to the people that we need to do this because it's actually Dawood Ibrahim we want to target and not Rahul Gandhi. And so in that case, I think it should be made clear in parliament. That's the case. Yeah. 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 I, 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 I agree. And actually, what worries me as in about Pegasus is the fact that if I were to look at that list. I mean, there is Ashwini Vaishnav on this list, who's our Ministry of Technical Minister of Technology. Professor Jagdeep Chokar, whom I, whom I Professor know. Professor Jagdeep Chokar respect. is on this list. Uh, Siddharth Vardarajan is on this list. And Mukul Rohatgis Jr., who was his clerk, is on this list. Okay, so this is a very random assortment of people. They're pro-government, there are independent civil society activists, there are opposition politicians, and there's a and, and with no disrespect at all, as in there are people who are not as important, as in who are also being surveyed. So this is what actually scared me more than the fact that I saw that there were some very important people who were being surveyed, is the fact that very random people were being surveyed, which seemed to suggest that there were no checks and balances in this process. And it yes, and it's, a it's, whatever they it's, a, it's a random sampling, it's fishing for something, right? And I think that that's that kind of surveillance is bad for them. So there's no question about it. And I believe, Absolutely. you know, and I believe that it is ultimately not the court that can stop it. It also probably is not the law that can stop it, but it's a collective um, faith in constitution, you know, the constitutional morality. So I think that it is the public outrage that that is the ultimately the only deterrent. Uh, that, that look, this cannot go on. So as long as friends and family think that uh, for the sake of national security, this is all right, I think that we are going down a slippery slope. And indeed, when I talk to my colleagues, you know, people I have coffee with, some of them are not outraged, probably um, slightly supportive even. And I find that the most dangerous aspect of the Absolutely. Right. And I think and, and I think it's very important to say here that nobody is against national security. I think everybody is for national security being protected. It's just that it should be done responsibly. And I think for every right thinking citizen, 
a software such as pegasus being purchased and used by the government of india if true against its own citizens is outrageous and i think there can be no two ways about that that the way in which it is being used if it is used as in has no place in our democracy because today we may say okay we are not on this list it's for national security but tomorrow we anybody anybody can we it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a slippery and i think in any democracy dissent and protest um, you know dissent is the hallmark of democracy right and uh, multitude of opinions um, is something that we have to tolerate right uh, sometimes right. i actually go down one more fundamental level that is not even about dissent it's really about the freedom to have a view okay whatever that view may be okay and the fact is that if we knew today that this conversation is being is suppose a private conversation and we are not doing it publicly and we know that every word can be heard by someone we didn't want then we would have had a very different conversation and that yeah, stops us maybe, from having the maybe, maybe the language would be a little more uncivil between friends you know <laughs> that's right or uh, right? you may use some some words against some political figures that would not say in a in a in a public way but i think that it should be my right to do so if i am if i am having a drink with my friend and i can curse my prime minister you know or, or whoever so then a surveillance that the phone is recording all that conversation is is absolutely not on it's, it's, it's yeah absolutely and i and i also think that we all have a duty to be responsible and so whatever we are saying as in exercising our freedom we should do it responsibly if we believe in it but at the same time as in whatever we believe in as in we should have a right to say as and and uh, that that i think is the fundamental of ours and any democracy is that we are responsible citizens but responsible citizens must have freedom to think in whichever way they want uh, and i think that's where we will see what happens with the pegasus committee because i am always an optimist as in and i i hope that this is a system that has been put in place for the short term to ensure that we can get to the bottom of it uh, as you and i both agree perhaps this wasn't required uh, the court itself could have done some of this uh, but since it has been put in place i hope that something emerges which shows as to whether this has happened or not which ultimately leads to the public being sensitized about the importance of this issue and i think and ultimately you know my sense is that for anything like this nothing will come out in um, in black and white it's unlikely to you know if the government says yes we did it under the government owns up uh, which is unlikely looking at the way the government has you are not going to be able to implicate the government you know clearly so so it will be a hugely circumstantial evidence from various you know amnesty has said something other people are saying something new york times is saying something as you said so ultimately it is for the people to judge on the on and form an opinion on the circumstantial evidence and uh, what worries me is our faith in constitutional morality you know in in in, in democratic processes so if the if any government knows that this is not going to be accepted by the public at large no government will dare to do it right government can do it when they think that the public they can get away with it and the public will condone them for it and that is the worrisome factor so let's know. let's end with this point uh, shubhashish that as a common citizen 
why should I care about Pegasus? It at the end of the day is about 300 people who mm -hmm. I think are more important than me. Okay, I'm not on the top 300 people of, of this country. So as a common citizen, why should I be concerned about Pegasus? Yes, because you know it is those citizens uh, and their diverse opinions that is that makes our democracy function. You know, otherwise we'll be a, a monolith uh, with only one kind of view, one kind of political view, and ultimately that will erode democracy. You know, and in the long run, in twenty, thirty years, we will all feel it and suffer it. You know, it's a society where I cannot express my opinion or political views freely. I cannot. Uh, criticize somebody freely, and that will be a very, very restrictive and regressive society. Right? And if we, uh, if we don't want to go there, then we have to come up and protest that if the government has done it, the message should be loud and clear that it has done wrong. Right? There's no need to prove that the government has done it, but the message should be clear that we disapprove. This cannot go on. Yeah. And that, I think, is enough of a deterrent. That's right. And I think we leave it there that we must care about Pegasus because purchase of Pegasus in an unrestricted fashion by any government in the world is wrong. Period. No. Yes. And this does not mean that anybody is against national security. It can always be used in a responsible fashion with a clear law in place for national security. We don't have that law in place today. And there are that's why there are all these allegations that are that that keep coming. And I think it's in everyone's interest, everyone's interest, one, to care about Pegasus, and two, to ensure that there is some kind of law in place that ensures that whatever happens for national security happens responsibly. That is good not only for the citizen, and I've always believed that is good for the state because it makes sure that whatever happens, happens efficiently. So, Shubhashi, thank you very much. It's always a pleasure to talk to you. And it was great talking about this. I hope our listeners enjoyed the show. Thanks very much for tuning in. Thanks. Thanks, everyone. It's time for Clatter, our weekly quiz that's a bit tougher than Clat. Actually, last week's question was quite easy. I asked you to name the university, which today stands at the site where a small school the Brahmacharya Ashram and a meditation center had been started. The answer is Vishwabharati University, founded by Rabindranath Tagore. Of course, everyone knows about the university, a true experiment in alternative education. Many right answers this week, but I'm delighted that Keshav Padmanabhan from Vidhi is the winner. Congratulations, Keshav. A free subscription for Disney Hotstar is on its way to you. Time for this week's quiz. Connect. A Severed Head, a satirical novel written by Iris Murdoch, and Pegasus, the winged horse in Greek mythology, whom we've discussed in a very different context today. So connect A Severed Head, a book by Iris Murdoch, with Pegasus. Write in with your answers to justify and with illegalpolicy.in. The right answer stands a chance to win an exciting gift. Since we spoke about Pegasus, we spoke of surveillance and privacy. Here's a song by the police called Every Breath You Take. When we were growing up, it was supposed to be a romantic song. Sounds a little creepier now. Enjoy the song. Have a good week. Adjourned.
enjoyed listening to this podcast follow us on twitter at vidhi_india for regular updates we are on soundcloud and spotify as vidhi center for legal policies podcast you can also listen to us on google podcasts or itunes email us at justify@vidhilegalpolicy.in to share your comments and feedback on this episode